we do here is go back, 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 back. This is Eat and Drink, the mini-episode, hosted by Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Some mature content and language may come up, so consider yourself warned. Now, get ready for Eat and Drink. Ali Hassan is my co-host, and this is part three of the 15 things you, our listeners, are doing wrong in your kitchen right now. Danger. Christ, Jesus Christ. That is Marco Timpano. He uh, He's auditioning for the job as a... Uh, <laughs> As a salesman for some sort of roto oven or something, I don't know what you're doing, but are you doing? Uh, you're going to do infomercials? What's happening? No, what I'm trying to bring an element of like you know importance and trying to really make this seem like they should be listening to this, and then okay. you just deflate well, it. Then you it deflate sounds, it. It sounds like you're trying to sell me a used car that's not going to make it a block off the lot. So take it down a notch, for God's All sake. All right. All right. Listen. No, no. You're you're right to come with the energy and the passion. We have been uh, addressing this list. This list from MNN. N.com, uh, Mother Nature Network. Again, I'm going to say this. I, I said this at the, fir- the first time. If this is some kind of like anti-vaxxer a website, I apologize. We have no knowledge of that. We just saw this list, 15 things you are doing wrong in your kitchen. We thought maybe it's presumptuous, but maybe it's helpful as well. Maybe people are doing things that uh, that, 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 that could be adjusted and they could do things a little differently. So we Listen. went through one through nine. Uh, one through ten, we're going to go on eleven. If you 15. get a kernel of information from what we talk about in these three episodes that you can use for the rest of your life when you're in the kitchen, then it was worth it. Our life is complete. Okay, you number eleven. Now let me tell you, number ten was using dry measuring cups for liquids. Number eleven, guess what it is? Guess what it is? It's using liquid measuring cups for dry ingredients. Look, at the, the end of the day, it's about a spout. This all comes down to a spout. That little extra spout. Uh, creates a little bit more space, and 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 now there's more room for uh, dry ingredients, which maybe shouldn't be there. So what they're saying is, when you use a dry measuring cup, you need to fill it to the tippy top for an accurate measure. Uh, when you use a liquid measuring cup, make sure you do it. Use the one with the spout, and that spout accommodates for that extra space. You so to tra- to translate what Ali's just said <laughs> is, I barely you know those. Pyrex measuring cups that have the handle and the little spout. That's where you use liquids. The ones that are kind of more like a cup, that's where you use dried ingredients. Bottom Pinto line. E basta. Exactly right. Now, number 12. Uh, when we first looked at this list, you were already giddy about this one. Number 12 is you are over softening your butter. Are you? Yeah. You, well, a lot of people don't anticipate the needs of their butter in dishes. So some dishes require room temperature butter. So you're supposed to take your butter out and let it reach room temperature. Now, harking back to the first episode we did in this three-part series, remember when we were talking about things that people put in the fridge and other cultures don't? Butter is one of those things. Butter is one of those things. Cultural argument, but all right. No, no, but like, okay, maybe it's not a cultural thing, but some people do not refrigerate their butter. They keep their butter on their counter or in one of those butter dishes. You know, have you ever seen the the water bell butter dishes? Sure, sure, I have. 
yes, a lot of people will keep those on their counter and they use butter quite frequently so they don't feel the need to refrigerate their butter. Now, when you're cooking, uh, sometimes the recipe will call for room temperature butter and people who don't anticipate that will take it right from the fridge and say, who gives a fuck? And they'll go forward and the recipe is not going to be made the way it should be. Right. Well, the reason this is exciting is because it, it, it two two reasons. Number one, it gives you the exact. So, look, it's it's the old planning to fail is failing to plan. Right. You right. have to read your recipe ahead of time. If it says that you're supposed to take your butter out, let it reach the room temperature. That's what you should do. So the and reason listen, this is an exciting tip is because it tells you exactly how much time it takes for a stick of butter to get to room temperature. And that amount of time is. 45 minutes. Bravo. Okay. That brings me to another error that people make. And that is thinking you can rush the butter's room temperatureness by putting it in the microwave. And then you got molten hot liquid butter. And that's not what the recipe calls for, right? Right, 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 right. Now, if you have made the mistake yeah. of not softening your butter, Mother Nature Network here has given you a few tips on how to do it. And one of them, and I'm not joking, is to place the stick in a Ziploc bag and place it between your cleavage. Now, Marco, no. you have ample cleavage. I'm, uh, I, you know, I've been losing weight. We're in a bit of a different thing, but it, it says that. And then they say, look, hey, I'm, I'm just the messenger. But, uh, but your butter, if your cleavage is ample enough, your butter will be soft in 10 Listen, minutes. Listen, Ali, you've got ample butt cleavage. So you could, use, you could use that. Uh, disgusting, but accurate. So maybe that is something for us to look at. But uh, there are other ways to do it, but, but they don't seem ideal. All right. You know, he's calling your mother and saying, Ma, I need your cleavage for a while or getting out a rolling pin or doing some kind of weird stuff. Plan ahead. Read the entire recipe first. This should be this should be common knowledge. If it isn't uh, definitely something you should if you're following a recipe, read the whole thing first. Have all your ingredients ready beforehand and then get to work. OK, number 13, Marco, I think you have things to say about this. Overdoing the dough. So this is a problem because it deals with the gluten in your flour and releasing that gluten and um, all that kind of business. So, you know, you've got to be careful when you're dealing with dough, certain doughs, you don't want to overwork, over knead, over mix. Um, they can get tight and they won't rise as nice. They won't have that fluffy aeration that you want to see in certain breads or baked goods. Overworking your dough, crime, yes. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, many of us, many of us out there don't like chemistry, okay? I barely passed grade 10 chemistry. If I'm being honest, I failed it, but Mr. Krasinski gave me a 60 out of sympathy and also because he probably didn't want to see me back in that class. Who could I don't blame like chemistry. him? I don't understand chemistry, but we cannot ignore the fact that it exists. Just because yep. we don't like it or get it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And for that reason, these kind of things are important. There is chemistry at work. All right. That that flower needs a certain amount of things. It needs things to happen. It needs things to not happen. And uh, and when things do happen that shouldn't happen, you'll have problems. And that's when you go, I don't know, I followed the recipe perfectly and it still doesn't look right. It's because you didn't follow it properly. Exactly. So sometimes these things, as much as they may seem like uh, smoke and mirrors, they are important to do. Also, work your dough. the other thing, too, is folks, you got to 
try and remember. So many people are like so reliant on recipes as the answer. You, when you make something, make a conscious note of how you're mixing. And if what you put in the oven turns out like garbage, maybe you've overneed it. Maybe you've overmixed it. Next time, don't do it as much. I feel like so many people don't look at what they do. Don't don't take that moment to be self-aware when they're cooking to ensure that like, oh, I just it just turned out perfect. What did I do to make it come out like that? And remember that. Put that in your cell memory, in your muscle memory, and try to replicate it. It's not always about what you read off a page. Great point, buddy. Really great point. I'm going to share something from our own home where self-awareness was at a, a, an all-time low. I have two daughters, as people who listen to this show will, will know. I have two sons. They, they uh, help a lot in the kitchen. My daughters like baking. So one daughter makes some cookies. They turn out salty. We're like, what happened? Why did, did you add salt? No, I didn't add salt. Well, they're salty. I know. I don't know. It's uh, next daughter, two weeks later, makes brownies. Guess what they taste like? Salt. I don't know what happened. Both of them are like, I don't know. I don't like baking anymore. Guess what? The baking powder had expired in 2016. Oh. People, you, this is like, this is like, it goes back to what you're saying, Marco. Be aware. Not be aware of your emotions and your actions and the good that you do and the bad that you do. Be aware of your ingredients. Take a look, especially if it came out salty. Now it's time to go through and investigate. It doesn't take a lot of work to turn a bag around and see March 1st, 2016 in 2020 on your baking powder. That's going to have an effect. Of Some things, hey, maybe you can take Tylenol a couple of weeks after it expired, <laughs> but you can't do that with things that need absolute precision as they do in the world of baking. Yeah. And to your point, Ali, read the recipe all the way through before you start. People will pick up That's their- not just to my point. That's not just to my point. That was my point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like be aware, look at the ingredients you're doing. Like I feel like people will open up a cookbook and say, oh, you know, I'm going to make this recipe today, boom, and just start cooking. And then they get to the bottom of the recipe and they're like, oh, shit, I should have taken that butter out 45 minutes ago. Yeah. There you go. It's a nightmare. Anyway, number 14 14. here, not Not understanding understanding your oven. oven. This This is a true thing. Uh, we used to cook with uh, electricity. Now we cook with gas. Uh, those two ovens are different beasts and they need to be treated differently and they cook food differently. Same with, uh, what do you call it? That uh, uh, The ovens that uh, don't deal with Convectional. Con- conve- uh, is it? Convention. No. Conventional, convectional. Convectional. They have ovens. Convection. Convectional. Convectional. Like the ones that you put the metal on the uh, stove and it heats up. Yeah, I think it's called conventional. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. They cook differently. They cook differently and they require different pots. Anyways, let's get back to understanding your oven. Uh, not just it's not just a gas and electric thing. It's also that ovens have different hot spots, right? Some ovens you put stuff in the center, you put stuff on a higher rack or lower rack, and it cooks a lot faster than it does uh, in your own home. And I can talk to, to I can speak to this with some experience because as a caterer, especially a, a chef in people's homes, it was so many times where I would go through my own motions. And be like, oh, yeah, I know this recipe inside out. These will bake in 18 minutes. 
take a look at the oven 15 minutes, the 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 the, the, the phyllo pastry or whatever it was, the spinacopita is about to burn because I'm using somebody else's oven. It's newer or has a different hotspot or it's uh, it's just it's got a different power completely. So you have to be aware of that. Get to know your oven and, uh, and, and, and make sure when you're cooking in somebody else's oven that you're paying very close attention to how things are going there. Also, temperature, outside temperature can affect cooking times. And if you live in high altitudes, mm-hmm. good luck to you because that's a whole other bottle game. But cooking is not writing an email. You can't just write the email and then say, oh, you know, what? I'll get back to it and fucking take a walk around the park. With cooking, you should be checking in on your food. You should not rely simply on what the recipe tells you. If it says cook it till 15 minutes, you walk away for 14 and a half minutes and you show up just before. Check on your food. Make sure you get a sense of how your oven, how your stove, how your pots and pans conduct heat. Because if you're cooking in an aluminum pan and then you're cooking in a cast iron pan, the omelet or whatever you're going to make is going to come out different and require a different dexterity, a different timing, a different feel. I feel like in North America, we don't get this idea of the feel of food. And I know I can speak only to European cuisine, but there's a sense of uh, with Italian food that you get a feel for it. So there's oftentimes in recipes, you'll see uh, the letters Q and B, which stands for quanto basta, which means uh, however much is required. So recipes will just say to your touch, to your feel, however much you think it requires is what you add of that ingredient. Let's say it's salt, right? Whereas in North American recipes, it's like you add three tablespoons of salt. Well, for someone like you who sweats all the time, Ali, maybe that's too much salt. Uh, No, actually, when you sweat, it means I would need more salt. Okay, well, there you go. Maroon. Uh, All right. Are you done lecturing people? Huh? He just got a coffee delivered by his wife. This is Listen, Ali. Speaking of Europeans, (laughs) speaking of like an old school style. Are you saying, listen, are you saying what I said is bullshit? Are you saying that you should follow a recipe exactly and not put your own uh, uh, signature style on it? Your quanto basta, how much you think is required? Is that what you're saying to me just because I got a coffee delivered to me and no one loves you to bring you even a stitch of water? Listen, I haven't followed a recipe since 1984, all right? You're talking to the wrong guy about recipes. But uh, I'm happy you have somebody who loves you. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I just try to be a little bit more independent. That's all. That's all there is to it. Before we go to the last yeah, one, okay. I'm, I know I'm fucking prolonging this. These mini episodes are almost the, the size of a regular episode. But it needs to be said that take your eyes off the page. Take your eyes off the television. Look inside your stove, inside your oven. Look at things when you're cooking. Ali, you're a prime example. Whenever you bring food over to my house and it can't happen soon enough, uh, it looks like something that was made with care and with love and with someone who had heart and had the insight to make their signature dish versus relying on Wolfgang Puck or whatever schmuck happens to write a fucking cookbook. That's it. I'm jazzed. I'm jazzed, buddy. I'm jazzed. Should we uh, tag Wolfgang Puck in this episode on Instagram? <laughs> you think we should do that? Yes. Um, we're at number 15. Okay. Let's do this. Let's okay. end this. Let's end this goddamn list that will never end. And um, when you look, sometimes you look at a list and you're like, I think they added this one just because they needed 15. Somebody said you're doing a list of 15 and now they're like, yeah, 14 doesn't make sense. Number 15 is you're cooking water incorrectly. Apparently. There are people who don't boil when water is supposed to boil. They are just simmering. Look, 
You put your, your, your heat on high and you let your water come to a rolling boil when it says so. And often recipes will say rolling boil to let you know exactly that. But what Similar- does that mean? What does that mean, a rolling, a rolling boil? I can't even say it. It's it's like the waves on the water are really, really boiling. I mean, if you're going to boil pasta, uh, it shouldn't just be a couple of bubbles popping off the water. It should be water that is really rolling. So the water should be turbulent. Turbulent. It should be it should be dancing in the pot. It shouldn't just be sitting there with a couple of little bubbles like a frog at the bottom of a pond. It should be making waves. It should be crashing. It should be thundering. It should be saying, I'm fucking boiling. Put the eggs in. So much passion. So much passion. At the end of the day, when it's time to simmer, you simmer. When it's time to boil, you really boil. Turbulence in your in your water is uh, is what you're looking for when it's time to boil your food. That's our list. It took us a while to get through it. I'll be oh, honest man. with you. This thing just never died. Ali, Part of me today, I was like, is this going to be a four-parter? Once Marco no, no. gets going. No, Ali, take a look at what's at the bottom of this list. Uh, ten, ten foods. <laughs> That's great. We're not going to do that list, yes. Marco. Don't get ten me. foods Don't. most people are eating the wrong way, my friend. Oh, man. We can't do it. We can't do it. This we'll is, somebody had this job. And, and number one on that list, apples. Apparently, these people are taking offense with the way you're eating apples. We can't do this list. Oh, I can't. Man. Yogurt? Oh. Come on. Get out of here. I get out of here. This list uh, dies. This MNN, uh, we take a break. We take a long walk away from MNN for a little while before we come back to these people. Anyway, it was a value. MotherNatureNetwork.com. We don't know anything about them, but but they, to, you know, the last few episodes. Yeah. Yeah, we wish you much success. Uh, thank you for giving us this list that we could then sort of pick apart and uh, and address in our own unique way. Yeah. You've been listening to another mini episode, part three of the three-parter about, um, about the things you may be doing incorrectly in the kitchen. If you rectify them, you might enjoy cooking more. We thought we'd address that. Ali, always a pleasure with you, whether we're in the studio together, whether we're b- beside each other in the stove, or whether we're having a cocktail beside each other in the stove on the stove by the stove whatever i'm you know what keep drinking buddy keep drinking all right i'm ali hassan that is marco timpano thank you for joining us until we eat and drink again that was eat and drink the mini episode with ali hassan and marco timpano if you have a topic cocktail food item or segment for what's in marco's mouth Email us at podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Again, that's podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next one, forks up. <laughs>